0: Ashes to Ashes. Fun to Funky. Oh, a catch! Ben Stokes! Oh,
2: the catch! the to go, and Harmson has done it. Now, if England wanted a hero, who've they got striding in? Monty Panasar. It. That's a half volley through mid on for four. The goes in the
0: 8 to 15 Australia all out for 60. The Cricket Badger Rashes 2019 podcast brought to you in association with Cricket 365 with your host James Butler, Cricket 365 Zolly Fisher and journalist Akash Shiva
3: Subramanian.
2: welcome to this sixth edition of the Tricky Badger Ashes Weekly. We've had time to take a breath after those Ben Stokes heroics, I'm joined again by Ollie and Akash. Ollie, we'll start with you because you've actually been with me for about half an hour because we've been waiting for Akash to get out of bed. But uh, how are you, sir? I'm very good. I'm very, I'm very
1: good. I'm probably feeling uh, a bit more alert than Akash at the moment, who's probably slept for about fourteen hours. But yeah, ready to preview another exciting Test, hopefully. And
2: Akash, are you are you wide awake and raring to go? Yeah, I
3: was well awake in the morning, but then I couldn't hold myself. just went back to Cleveland. I'm up and running. Let's go. (laughs) He's he's trying to pretend that he's,
2: he's wide awake and he's raring to go. We've seen the England squad being announced, and it's basically the same squad, plus Craig Overton. Jimmy Anderson, though, ruled out for the rest of the series, which is a big miss for England. I mean, you look at Jimmy's record, not only for England, generally speaking, the biggest wicket-taker of all time in Test cricket, but his record at Old Trafford is not too shabby either. 28 wickets at Old Trafford puts him second on the list of the all-time wicket-takers in Test matches in Manchester. Ollie, it's sad news, isn't it, that Jimmy... That might be we might have seen the end of him playing against Australia. I think that's very much it. The
1: the first thing that came into my head when I saw the news was obviously I was I was gutted that we wouldn't have him at his home ground because as you say his record there pretty good. Uh, um and if he's available at our disposal he's instantly one of the best and one of the most experienced bowlers anywhere on the test circuit. So I was very disappointed to find out that he wouldn't be available for this for the rest of the series but then obviously yeah you start to think about the bigger picture and think we've actually already seen probably Jimmy's last appearance against Australia you know in the ashes uh, and that's kind of even harder to wrap your head around especially the unfortunate way which it ended so yeah I think it's one of those things that they're obviously right not to risk him because you then in turn run the risk of doing even more serious long-term damage but it would be interesting to see what happens now I've got I've got half an inkling that he might might retire from international cricket after this. But, of course, we've got a busy... Winter coming up with tours to New Zealand, South Africa, and then we've got Sri Lanka next spring. There's still plenty of opportunities for, for him to play a few more games for England and to do so in the short term, but I don't know. I think he'll probably be a bit gutted by the outcome of this.
2: I should imagine he's devastated. Akash, it's not often, is it, that a genuine legend of the game gets to really decide when he leaves. The, the instances of the Alastair Cook moments of people walking off the pitch for the final time to rapturous applause, there's many of them. There's also many people who don't get to choose, who... Injury or just a lack of selection rules them out. And we never see them again. And at times like this, you have to remember, you kind of pinch yourself at sometimes that
3: you're actually witnessing greatness on the pitch in front of you. Coming into the series, we thought that James Anderson would be would be key because in these conditions, he he's the key for for picking wickets. But we were also aware of of some things like. Uh, his fitness and everything and his past with, with his injuries. only thing that worries me is it's very sad to see him if he goes out after this series to go out in such a manner. I don't think he would retire after this series. I think he's caught it in himself to play at least one or two series before I think he'll call it the time. So probably it's not the end of everything, but uh, it's good that he's ruled out now because then he can take rest for the for the next few months and then get ready to go and get cracking so I think that it's actually good that England don't have to risk him for the fourth game and then have a risk of like making him retire or something so it's actually good that he gets a risk now
2: and already looking at this team that England have picked for the fourth test match we talked about it at length last week and we were we were thinking well you know if they're going to be adventurous they could bring in Sibley they could bring in Pope they could bring in all kinds of different people that we discussed but as it stands They've been cautious. They've kept the winning side together. They've added Craig Overton as, as bowling cover, but can't see too many changes to that 11, can you? Maybe Sam Curran for Wokes? Possibly. I think I think Curran for Wokes is definitely
1: the obvious one at the moment. Obviously, Wokes' body has been through a lot already this summer, playing as extensively as he did in the World Cup and playing every uh, Ashes test to this point. I think he's started to see the toll that it's taken on him uh, during the spells that he bowled at Headingley. But you know, we've also had 10 days between the tests, you know, that's a bit of chance for him to, to rest and recover and come back at 100%. You know, you should always get back to 100% within 10 days. Uh, it's whether we want to um, throw Curran in there to offer something a little bit different, a different angle, you know. Also, you could argue an upgrade on batting without a doubt, really. So that would be one to monitor and see if, if he were to come in. in. In terms of the rest of the squad selection, nothing really surprising. Obviously, Overton's had to come in due to uh, Anderson not being not being ready, but I don't expect him to feature really um, although it will be good to get him in and among the setup because he's he's no doubt a very good bowler and as for the for the top order I really don't know what's going to happen I mean we, we've said before in this podcast that it might actually be an admission of weakness if you go and make wholesale changes especially after winning a test regardless of the method that we got over the line at Headingley but I don't know I've got a small feeling that that we may see Denley moved up to open and possibly may put Roy in the middle order there are still a few question marks, but um, I, I don't think we'll see wholesale changes from the, from the team that we saw at Headingley. doesn't really make much sense to do so, to be honest. You want to try and keep things consistent and give players the opportunity to
2: perform. I think, I think from what I've seen, or from what I've heard, from even Trevor Bailey said before the third test match, that they undoubtedly thought that Jason Roy would have been better in the middle order. The noises have become more plentiful. I've been saying it since before the Ireland test, as you know, but I, I think it's got to be. Denley goes up to open, and then Jason Roy goes down to number four. But in a way, we're just getting the same with Denley, because Denley's not a first-class opener either. I think it's really, it's really short-sighted. Pick openers to open, and pick middle-order batsmen to be in the middle order. It's, it's not rocket science. <laughs>
0: The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com, their ethos. We love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast.
2: Akash, Australia. Changes for them. Can you see any, anything different? We've seen them playing against Derby in the week. Stephen Smith came back into the cycle to see him back at the crease. Didn't turn up too many trees in his innings.
3: I think there's going to be a, a change in for a bowler, but then I think there might be other changes. It all depends on the management, uh, whether they see the change or not, because Mitchell Marsh played good in the, in the practice game, so they might bring him in just to reduce the workload for, for the bowlers or they might just go on with the same team. I I know it was a two-game, but everybody performed well, so you can't really drop out on anybody from, from the two-game. So there's going to be a question there. But uh, with the bowlers, I think they'll certainly go with Mitchell Stark. I, I mean, we've been saying this for since the large test, but I, they, they, the Australian selectors don't really seem enthusiastic on picking him. So probably they would pick him here. And just for that uh, last test where they couldn't in the tail of. So probably they would get uh, Mitchell Stark, who's known to do who's known to do that. So that could be one change. I don't think there's going to be any other change. Stephen Smith, slots and Manus just continues to bat. So I think it would be the same side.
2: Uh, which, which batsman loses out there? Because one of the batsmen has got to make way for Stephen Smith, have not they? Manus Labashain, as you say, has done really well since he came in. So it's very unlikely he's going to be dropped. So it, it's really um, one of the openers or... Potentially, Travis Head or even Matthew
3: Wade that could make way. Exactly. So I think it it would be Matthew Wade who would drop out because I think the last week also we discussed that he's that kind of luxury that Australia has, while England has Josh Butler, so I think they would drop in Wade and still keep Travis Head because he's one of the vice-captains in the Australian squad so he's still maintained his place there
2: I've been impressed with Travis Head as well he's not made a big score but he's looked okay during this series Ollie as well the the Sam Curran inclusion I've heard a lot of Australian commentators say that Mitchell Stark not only is a good bowler but he also causes footprints against Nathan Lyon potentially and Sam Curran would only make those footprints bigger, wouldn't he? Is that is that a consideration, do you think, or do you throw in the best players? Um, I don't think you can really really read too much into that. I think, yeah,
1: it's correct, you know, having a having a lefty like that is going to create more footprints and those will be exactly what Nathan Lyons aiming at. But of course the umpires tend to be Pretty proper stuff now, so they make sure that um, Starks not doing anything too untoward to alter the condition of the wicket or whatever. But also, it depends completely on what kind of pitch is prepared for Old Trafford. You know, I think we'll be pre- preparing a result pitch because we need one win out of the last two, probably two wins out of the last two, assuming it's two results uh, in order to to get the Ashes. It'll be interesting to see what kind of a pitch they prepare. I don't think you can think too much about what select what their selections are going to do and and you know how. All the bowlers are going to work to perhaps create footholds, etc. But you got to think as well, we've got Jack Leach at our disposal. So uh, he'll be backing himself, thinking any anything that Nathan Lyon can do on that pitch. You know, He'll have stuff to aim for as well, um, because of the footholds that are created by right-hand bowlers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Stark comes in. I think... I think he will. I mean, I've seen something uh, suggesting that Australia are considering making three changes after Headingley, which considering they were so close to retaining the Ashes in that test, would surprise me. But they, they've definitely got some selection headaches to see what happens. I mean, I agree. I think Labashian will stay stay in the team, absolutely. You know, I thought he, he batted really well at Headingley. Two very classy innings. And then in terms of who misses out, I don't see it being head. So I, I think it'll be weird. Um, I've, seen, I've seen something about Mitchell Marsh potentially coming in for as many uncertainties that are surrounding the England team at the moment as arguably just as many for Australia.
2: It's interesting, looking at the. I've been looking through some of the stats this morning and Old Trafford, top bowlers of all time. Plenty of spinners in the top uh, lists of uh, wicket-takers at Old Trafford. It's either spin or pace that seems to do the damage at Old Trafford. There's a little bit of extra bounce in Manchester at times, but the spinners can play their part. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Nathan Lyon, one minute accused of dropping the ashes, could actually be a, a key factor Akash in this test match. Nathan Lyon, he's a, he's a gritty little so-and-so, isn't he? You can imagine him wanting to have a real say in this
3: test to put me behind him. Certainly, after the last game, he would want to have a say on, on the test match. Not in a negative way, but in, in a positive way this time. And also, the fact that we see Tim Payne supporting his players has been good to see. He said that uh, it's just one time that he failed and he, in the past, he's he's, play, he's played so excellently well for us. So... And he, he also he's got Ben Stokes out so many times, so I don't think that one particular match w- would would go against him because most of the, If they had taken the review, he could have been the hero. If they had gotten hold of the catches, they they could not have pointed a finger at him. So there's so many factors behind uh, the behind us pointing a finger at him saying that he is responsible. But I don't think uh, the Australian selectors nor the Australian captain thinks he's responsible. So there's no real pressure as such because the uh, dressing room still got his back. So that's a good, good thing to see. And uh, certainly he could bring, as Ollie and you had mentioned about the, about the foot, uh, footholds and all of that, I think that, that could make a difference. But I don't know how much of a difference that could make, but I think that certainly could make a difference on day four and day, four, day five of the match.
2: We've got all this way without mentioning Ben Stokes too much, and certainly not his heroics. Are heading. He's had ten days to calm down and, and to regroup and to reflect on on what he's done. Basically, Ollie, looking at some of the markets with Paddy Power ahead of the fourth Test match, they've got specials involving Ben Stokes, England to win, and Ben Stokes to top score in the first innings, and and uh, various things like that. It's asking an awful lot of Ben Stokes to recreate those heroics again. England almost, yeah. We said about papering over at the cracks. England needs some other players to stand up again because Ben Stokes can't be asked to win matches single handedly every single week. No, no that, that's absolutely it. You're right. It's uh, very much a team game, and I think.
1: Uh, Broad's interview after the the test at Headingley was an honest one, it was it was um it was one that was needed for everybody to stay grounded after the the drama that we witnessed unfold about how you know the, there's no excuse for some of the some of the performances that we saw at Headingley from especially you know the the top order you cannot keep relying on the lower middle order in 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 particular Ben Stokes to bail us out of these situations we need to show you know concentration we need to show application we need to just bat sensibly you know first and foremost and yes obviously it did paper over the cracks did the result it's great to see so many people you know get behind the the hero of the moment in Ben Stokes because as as we mentioned in what basically became a tribute episode to him last time out um, he's a character that you can really get behind and obviously as you mentioned Paddy Power getting behind it with the with the specific markets for him but it would be nice to see a number of contributors uh, in this test because, yes, the focus at the moment is very much regaining the ashes, uh, making sure we do enough in the last two tests to make sure we get that earn come day five at the Oval. But also, we've got to be looking ahead to the future. And as I said, we've got three series away from home to look forward to. But in order to, to sort of best prepare for those, we need to know... What our, what our top order is going to look like um, so it's going to be interesting in these last two tests to see who really steps up to the mark uh, in what is now a, a very high pressure situation given the fact that the series is level so we'll see what happens yeah I think most of the scrutiny will definitely be surrounding the top order we, we need to get consistent runs from the guys up there otherwise it might be worth just ripping it up and starting again We're
0: offering you the opportunity to play your part in the growth of the Cricket Badget Podcast. We have quite literally gone through the roof in terms of listeners over the last year. And there's an opportunity for you to get your business in front of the cricket world by sponsoring or advertising on the Cricket Badget Podcast. We're giving away headline sponsorship and also a maximum of four adverts per week. Get yourself on the Cricket Budget Podcast. Get yourself in front of our fantastic listeners and help the podcast continue to grow We've had some fantastic guests over the last year. I've lost count of the number of test caps and captains that we've had. Some great stories too. And you could be alongside those big names offering your services to the cricket world. Get in touch, cricketbadger, at hotmail.com or telephone James on 77 64812 to grab this with both hands. Don't let it drop through your fingers.
2: What you just said there, it's kind of in recent years the top order's failed and the middle order has bailed them out. But maybe one of the problems this summer has been that the, the, the lower middle order hasn't been quite as successful. So, as the top order's failed, the lower middle order's failed, and some of the you know the totals haven't been quite as intimidating as they might have been in the past back ashes. England, England need everybody from 1 to 11 to fire, as, as Ollie said, you know, potentially have to win both test matches to reclaim that ashes urn. It's not an easy task against this Australian side.
3: They need to be on their A game, don't they? Also, one thing that uh, we have discussed in the past is if they do bring in Sam Curran and instead sort of Chris Wokes, then would it be a would it be a batting change or would it be a bowling change? Because bowling wise, also Sam Curran brings in something different uh, to the team. But batting wise, certainly brings a it brings a chunk of runs He's scored in the past ten games that he's played. I think less than ten games, but he's played for uh england very scored very top scored at at most times so would it would it be a batting change or would it be a bowling change because if it is a batting change then we have so many batsmen who who are already there so why would you not drop a, a specialist batsman for a batting all round then that would make sense so there are a lot of questions on who you would change for Sam Curran because then you can also you can bring in Sam Curran for Josh Butler. It's going to be the same change and he can bowl too. So there are a lot of questions that can be asked of the combinations that England use for the for the fourth test.
2: There's only so many bowlers that England can bowl though, aren't they? You know, you, you start taking batsmen out for all, bowling all-rounders and all of a sudden you've got seven bowlers at your disposal and you don't necessarily need them all. So I think they'll probably keep the same balance. And for me, it would be Wokes out. Wokes look tired. As Ollie said, he's had 10 days to kind of regroup and maybe get a little bit more up for it. But I think Sam Curran, he's a a gritty little fighter, Sam Curran. I like him a lot. And uh, I'd like to see him play at least one of these Ashes Test matches because I think carrying the drinks doesn't become him. He needs to be part of that side. One last question before we get into our predictions for the fourth Test match at Old Trafford. Stephen Smith, he's coming back into that Australian side. We all know how prolific he's been. He scored well over 300 runs at well over 100 so far in this series. He's, he, his innings against England over the last few years, it's just century after century. He's a terrific player. The question, though, Akash, how much of a, an impact into his psyche has that Joffrey Archer delivery, that bouncer that hit him on the back of the neck, how much has that delivered to him? Because, great player. But he's still human, and that's got to be at the back of his mind, doesn't it? When he when he takes guard, Joffre is I was going to say charging him, but he's ambling in, and then he rolls his arm over, and it comes down at 96 miles per hour. Stephen Smith's got to be up for that and ready for that.
3: Well, in the in the last I think four or three or four days, we've seen Stephen Smith come out and say that I'm not scared of jo- uh, I'm not scared of He couldn't get me out, so I think that's what that's how he plays it out. There might be a few scares, but I don't think he's uh, is is not up for it i think he's totally up for it he's going to go and play the way he, he used to play before before the concussion everything that happened so i don't think he gives up I, i've i've never seen steven smith give up he's one person who even when he gets out so after the practice game when he got out he w- went straight into the nets and he batted nearly 200 balls or something so that's what, that's what Stephen Smith is. He, he, he just keeps fighting till the end. So I don't think he would be intimidated or scared of uh, Jofra Archer. I think he would take him on. And that's, that's really good to see because if there is somebody to take on Jofra Archer from both ends, then, then there are chances that he might not get many wickets or he might, he might not be as intimidating as he would be in, in, other, in the other scenario.
2: If you're sat at a press conference, Akash, and somebody says, are you worried about Joffrey Archer? Did you expect Stephen Smith to say, oh, yeah, I'm actually petrified? He's not going to say that, is he? He's got got to say the right words. It's just the actions that are going to be crucial to him over the next five days at Old Trafford. He's a run machine, though, Ollie, isn't he? And we've had the conversations already this series about how on earth do we get Stephen Smith out? Are we going to sit watching five days at Old Trafford asking those same questions again? Is he just going to carry on, or, or do we have him now? Have we scared him? I hope it's the latter. I really do, because he's an absolute match winner.
1: He's, for me, you know, the best batsman in the world, and he's in fantastic form. There's two ways that you can look at it. I think, from Smith's point of view, and we've heard him say this before, you know, um, everyone's talking about him being intimidated by Archer, being intimidated by the short stuff, but he quite rightly responded, Archer hasn't got him out. You know, okay, yes, he, he made him retire hurt or whatever, but he's not actually got him out, you know, with a proper dismissal, so to speak. I think Smith will... He's definitely the kind of character who's going to come out as if nothing's really happened and he's just going to go back to focusing on on what he does best and that's scoring
2: runs. Did you see what Joffrey said in the response to that? He said, well, I couldn't get him out because he he'd been carted off with a head injury.
1: I do quite like the little, the small, at the moment, small water words that's developing between those two. Um, and it's definitely going to be must-watch when uh, when is bowing at Smith at Old Trafford, definitely see, to see just how it plays out, really, because there's starting to be a little bit of needle between the two. But I think, you know, from England's point of view, we've got to view it as if we've got a, a leg up on him now because, honestly, you cannot allow him to, to come in and to look as confident as he has been doing and to dictate the game the way that he can. I, I honestly just think, you know, we, we need to go back to what we did before. I think short stuff is going to get into his head, especially uh, early on. If we do come at him with some dangerous short stuff, uh, there's honestly no point trying to bowl that that teasing line outside off stump because he's probably the best in the world at leaving that sort of fourth stump line. I expect to see some more intimidating bowling from from Archer, especially. It feels like for the first time in a long time, we do actually kind of have a plan in in how to how to get under his skin and how to how to try and intimidate him. Uh, and, and make him feel as uncomfortable as possible at the crease whether he's kind of learnt a bit from, from what happened uh, we'll wait and see um, but I'm, I'm always scared sort of, seeing him come to the crease because his record against England is pretty damn good
2: Yeah, you're always scared to see him come to the crease because he never leaves it, does he? He's just there forever That Paddy Power special that I mentioned England to win the fourth test and Ben Stokes to be the top England first innings run scorer it was 9-1 to one. it's out to 12-1 to so if you fancy that that's available on paddypower.com
0: Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream.
2: Right then, fellas, let's look at our predictions for the fourth Test match. But before we get into those, just a big thank you to the listeners because the last edition of the Ashes Weekly is the biggest listened-to episode in cricket badger podcast history so thank you very much for your ears and for your kind comments on the cricket badger podcast this is episode number 98 of the podcast i recorded the other day the 100th edition which will be with you very very soon indeed and uh, hopefully you will enjoy that as well and thank you for your Little snippets that you've sent in, the audio snippets, which I'm going to include in that 100th episode. Not too late to do that. If you can get them in before Wednesday, the 4th of September, just about 30 seconds, record it into your voice recorder, send it into cricketbadger at hotmail.com, either your favorite 100 of all time and why, or just a little congratulatory message to the Cricket Badger podcast on reaching that milestone. But thank you very much for your support. But, fellas, let's have a look ahead to the fourth Ashes Test match. As always, we have 10 units to stake on the outright prices. Who's going to win this Test match? And then we have 10 units to stake on anything else on the Paddy Power site that we want to get our teeth into. Let's start with the match winner markets. Then, England are five to four to win at Old Trafford. The draw is three to one. Australia are eight to five. Akash, your 10 units. Where are you going to stick them?
3: Well, if I go by my brain and all of that, I think it would be a draw because. The rain forecast is there for the next three days. But then I think Australia have got a realistic chance to to regain the ashes with the wind. So I'm going with Australia this time.
2: Australia, sorry, 8-5 to five for Akash Ollie. Yeah, I, I, I had a
1: little look at the weather forecast before we started recording this, um, and it is pretty dreadful.
2: Um, well, you're, it's, you're it's all getting broad. clever now, aren't you? You're all trying to use every single thing at your disposal. I, was, I thought I'd got an advantage on you this week. Well, I mean, the weather forecast is hardly Sherlock Holmes level of digging,
1: to be honest. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the draw market at 3-1, especially now, now I've seen the forecast, is actually pretty tempting. And it really, it really would set it up, you know, from a series uh, overview for the, for the deciding test at the Oval, which would be fantastic. So I like 3-1. to one. I'm going to go with the draw. I don't think I've bet on a draw yet in this series.
2: So, um, yeah, let's go with the draw. Well, I'm absolutely gutted by that because I'm going to go to the draw as well. 78 (laughs) test matches played at Old Trafford, 44.87% have been draws, and that's just generally speaking. The weather in Manchester, cliche, it rains there a lot. It's going to rain this week. Um, The rain, I think, is going to play a part in days one to three, certainly looking at the weather forecast for Manchester. So for me as well, the draw at three to one is the play in the test at Old Trafford. It's that Badger style. Moving on then, chaps, to our 10 units to stake on anything on the Paddy Power site that strikes you fancy. We're going to come back to you, Ollie, first with that. How are you going to invest your 10 units and why? This is quite a difficult one to call because it does feel like a clean slate and it feels like
1: anything can happen uh, in the last two tests, obviously starting with this one at Old Trafford. I like the man-of-the-match market because really, you know, the, the odds are pretty good in terms of picking a player that you think is going to be influential in the game. It's kind of tempting to go with Smith and think he'll play up to the whole pantomime villain thing and, and respond in a big, big way. He's only 5-1 to one there. But I like Pat Cummings as man-of-the-match at 12-1. to one. I think the weather is going to play a big part in this and we might not see someone who necessarily is a... Is a match winner um, because I don't think there's going to be a result. Quite frankly, so I'm gonna go with Cummings at uh, twelve to one, and I'm gonna put all ten units on that. Oh, just a hunch, just a just a hunch, but uh, it would return one hundred and thirty. So I'd be pretty happy with that It's one of those where As I say I'm assuming that There might not be a result In this game And therefore You're sort of looking at, at, at Someone who Who plays a big part In the first innings And with Engl- England's Fragile top order Who knows Cummins might Kind of rip through it And that might be all That we see So yeah Just a,
2: just a pure hunch On that one Yeah if you want to Have a look at those uh, Man of the match markets On the Paddy Power site Stephen Smith Ben Stokes They are the favourites At 5-1 to one To be
3: man of the match At
2: Old Trafford And the rest are bigger Akash, your 10 units and why?
3: Well, I'm going to split my 10 units into two sections. So, first one would be top team A run scorer, and this time I would go with Joe Denley because I think last time he showed signs of uh, getting there, and certainly I think this time he will get there because the other batsmen like Root and and Ben Stokes would would be targeted for the would be targeted by Australia after the last game. So I think they certainly would not have cracked uh, Joe Denley as much. So I think Joe Denley would top score for England. And uh, in the second innings, I think it would be Lavishane. I think he's got it in him to to be the top-run scorer. So my five units on uh, Lavishane being top-run scorer and uh, Joe Denley being top-run scorer for England.
2: Okay, Joe Denley, 7-1 to one to be the top-run scorer for England in the first innings. And Manus Lavishane, 7-2 to two to do the same thing for Australia. My ten units, I'm going to put five. On a young man called Joe Root to be the top run scorer for England in their first innings. And I'll tell you why. If you look at Old Trafford and you look at the stats at Old Trafford, the highest average of any player that's ever played at Old Trafford is with Joe Root. His highest Test match score of 254 came at that ground He's uh, scored three of the 50s there as well. He likes Old Trafford, and he's going to be certainly up for this game. So I think Joe Root at 7-1 to one to be the leading run scorer for England is not a bad punt at all in that market. And my other five units, it goes on a man called Nathan Lyon to be the leading wicket-taker for Australia in the first innings against England, obviously. 4-1, to one, Nathan Lyon to take the most wickets. Old Trafford does eight spin and can aid spin quite early on in the game. We might not see too much action at Old Trafford. I think we'll probably get back to our three days in. That could actually be enough to get a result. But Nathan Lyon's going to be up for this game, and I think he's got a bit to prove. So 4-1 to one for Nathan Lyon, for me, to be the uh, top Australian wicket-taker in the first innings is where my other five units go. I've also got a little bit of a, a shallow bet from last time where... I've got England at 5-2 to two with uh, one of my five unit picks to uh, win the series. So I would love to see England uh, lift the Ashes urn. And as you said, Ollie, if this is a draw, if our hunch on the draw is right, and it goes to the Oval with England having to win to claim that Ashes urn, that's going to be some kind of showpiece finish to the season, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And wouldn't it then be
1: amazing? You know, you think about the, the scenes that have already been set, you know, during this summer, the way that we won the World Cup in probably the most dramatic of circumstances that you could ever imagine. The way we won at Headingley, and what was almost like Shakespearean kind of levels of drama. And to go into a deciding test, needing to win to reclaim the ashes, you know, imagination starts going immediately as to what it might look like if we were to thump the winning runs and, you know, the, the whole ground to be rapturous in celebration. I don't know. It's just, it'd be really exciting, definitely, but I don't know if my nerves could take it after what we've already seen this summer.
2: How are you, nerves holding up, Akash? Are you still with us? Are you still, are you still OK with this Ashes series? It's been rather exciting so far.
3: It's absolutely amazing to see the Ashes go both ways, to be swinging in such a manner. I don't think it will end in a draw, or I don't think it will end in a draw the next game. So there are chances that there might be an outright winner. Let's let's hope for an outright winner this time.
2: Let's look forward to the fourth Test match at Old Trafford. It's been a superb summer so far the World Cup followed by the Ashes it couldn't get any better than that thank you Ollie and Akash for joining me again this week thank you very much and thank you to Cricket365 for their support of this Cricket Badger podcast thanks to Paddy Power too and uh, if you're going to gamble on any of the things that we stuck up this week then uh, gamble responsibly and gamble to uh, keep your house over your head and just to gamble for a bit of fun as we go through what promises to be a cracker of a test match at Old Trafford Cricket badges everywhere unite watch the television listen to your radios enjoy the cricket and we'll see you again this time next week
1: Podcast
0: Network.